You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank. Welcome back to the Fish Tank, right Don't here on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. Seth Levitt, DJ Preach is in the booth, and two-time Fish Tank MVP, OJ McDuffie. Juice, how are you feeling today? I'm doing great, man. How about yourself, Big Seth? I have been waiting for this moment. We've been in a lot of great places for the Fish Tank, but never has it smelled this good right. at an interview Thank you to John Offerdahl. Welcome to the Fish Tank, and thank you for hosting us here at Offerdahl's and Weston. I'm excited to be part of this, baby. I'm, this is my first time on the Fish Tank, and I'm going to learn how to swim underwater. That's underwater, right. that's right. All right. You're typically above water, but we go deep, John. We like to dive I like deep. to have strong foundations, a strong foundation, but the water... I don't know. I'll give it my best. You've All been right. in South Florida a long time. I, I think you're way too just long. Fine. That's way too long not to be comfortable underwater, John. Yeah, I know. He's working a lot. <laughs> I was never a really good swimmer. I have to say, I was much better with two feet on the ground, my head right beneath the chin. Okay, it worked out pretty well for you. It did work out well. I love it. Well, you know, I, I think it. this. You know, we got plenty of time to talk about food and your restaurant. Well, let's talk about probably the reason why you're not a fan of water. You grew up in Wisconsin. It's probably not a lot. <laughs> that of, would explain it. Yeah, it's probably not a lot of water. <laughs> that exactly explains it. I grew up in a farm community in Wisconsin, and I was right on the edge of a pasture. So I lived with four older sisters, um, a mom and a dad who were just mid-American. And, uh, you know, I really didn't know a lot about football. Uh, I played sports. Uh, and, and by ninth grade, I put on my first helmet. Wasn't anything special. Was a skinny six foot two guy, kind of guy, but I could hit and, um, I was tenacious. Um, so I didn't even get a scholarship, a full scholarship to go to college. Um, I had to be recruited and begged basically to get onto a smaller division one team, Western Michigan. Uh, and then the, the first week, uh, I earned from a half a scholarship to a full scholarship. The first week. First week. Wow. It, it's a great long story, and I don't really want to get into we too much of it. Here. We got That's time. But my my roommate, who played at Jefferson, Wisconsin, which is a Fort Atkinson kind of sister city, uh, he was a quarterback. He got a half a scholarship. So we were the last scholarship that Western Michigan gave out. They split it between me and a guy named Lance Leopold. <laughs> I know. So, well, I'm going to put this on TV so Lance can watch it someday. Yeah. Because Lance Leopold right now just got the Kansas State head football coach. Okay. Yeah. Wow. He went to Buffalo. He was at Whitewater, which is a town close to us, Division three school that really won the national championship. Yeah. Right. But little did we know, Lance was my roommate my first week at Western oh, Michigan. And I woke up one day, like... You know how rookie camp is. It's so hard. You hate every second of it, especially as a freshman in college. And Lance wasn't there anymore. And I went down to eat breakfast, and everybody was looking at me like I had, like, no hair or something like that. Sorry about that, OJ. <laughs> 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 what about Seth? Seth doesn't have much hair. <laughs> <laughs> I can see a stubble, at least. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they I went on to tell out. me that Lance ditched. His dad picked him up in the middle of the night and left me. And so they were so scared of losing Johnny Offerdahl because I was on my way out that they gave me his other half of his scholarship. Handcuffed me, man. I had to play football. 
<laughs> so that was my uh, story about my first week in uh, college football. But, you know, it was just a really humble beginning. And, again, I, I, I do kind of jokingly say I was, it's not a joke. I was the youngest of five kids. I had four older sisters. They were dominating kind of German-Norwegian kind of sisters. And I learned kind of my toughness by being roughed up by them. Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing better than that, man. Honestly, man, because I, I, especially when you're younger, man, the girls are always faster, stronger than you. They can definitely beat you up, whoop your ass, little. Yeah, dress you, you know, know whatever they wear. You, you do it. You do it. Right? Seeking an identity, and I thankfully <laughs> found it as a linebacker in the NFL. What are the odds? And you know, it seems to be a theme in here. So we, you know, Jason Taylor was in the fish tank. And his older sister Tiffany beat him up growing yeah. up. Really. So, so some of the fiercest defenders who have ever put on Aquan Orange are getting their. They had to defend I, themselves. Yeah. yeah, it starts with the one. Yeah, I think that's where you get tough, man. When the family members, I had an aunt used to whoop me up, and a cousin, cousin that gave me a scar. But you know, we don't talk about that on the show. I love it. Yeah, you know I mean, but yeah, yeah. Now, now she won't mess with me, I guess. Uh, but uh, also, also like at Western Michigan, though, you you studied biomedicine. Right? Is that yeah, right? I was a mess. What were you going to do with that? What were you going to do? I mean, I, mean, uh, I, mean man. I thought, like, you know, I would have thought entrepreneurship or marketing or something. Right. Yeah, so my dad was an accountant. Uh, my mom was kind of an artist. She went to art school and got a degree there. So I was confused uh, for as far as a degree. I, my first year, I started, uh, you know, in the accounting world, in the business side. And then I was like, nah, I read about, you know, my sophomore year. I said, I'm going to switch it over to biochemistry because I was really interested more in the science and the STEM classes. <laughs> and then my third year came along, and I actually took the hard classes my third year. And, oh, that was a mistake. Oh, Never oh, take oh, hard oh, classes oh, during, oh, during oh, the football oh, season. Oh, I literally took anatomy, organic chemistry, and uh, some other really oh, hard oh, course, and I flunked all three of them. <laughs> I mean, no, November 30th, last game, I'm looking at myself saying, I'm going to flunk all three of these courses. What do I do? Uh, I did a smart thing. I went to all three teachers. I said, you guys, these two classes, organic, and I think it was, uh, uh, or organic, I said, I'm done. I'm going to the teacher. I'm just saying, I'm going to get enough in this class. I'm not showing up anymore. But the other two classes, I went, I begged the professor, if I aced the finals, they'd give me a C. And I did. All right? So I got a four-credit organic F. Never do this. <laughs> this is not the, <laughs> the lesson to young people here. This is not the educational career path you want to take. But I went back to the coach then. I said, Coach, Coach Harbaugh was my head coach. And uh, Greg Madison, was a, to this day, was a defense coordinator for Ohio State this past year. Um, I said, Greg, you know, Coach Madison, I, I'm done. I can't play anymore. I'm going to school at Western Michigan to, to get an education, not to play football at four years and then find out that I have nothing, you know, to that last. So I literally said, I'm done. And they went on a panic. They started scrambling around. And for the first time, they said, John, you don't know how close you are to living out a dream that most players never have the chance to do. And you're close. And I didn't really quite believe them. But, you know... I, I kind of, it was a wake-up call for me, get your life together. Why didn't you believe him? Well, you're, because you're at Western Michigan, you just don't get, you know, football players. Work. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and even as a junior, you know, I wasn't on the radar. I really wasn't. And so, but I did listen. And, you know, I am coachable. 
And, uh, you know, one of my best traits, and I won't say I have a lot of them, but, I, I, you know, I just, I love a good coach. I love a good coach, and I'll listen. And, you know, I think I had Jack Harbaugh, head coach. Uh, you know, he's got a dynasty underneath him with his two sons. And Greg Madison was just the, my most influential kind of second father. And, you know, great players have great coaches. Right, O.J.? And I listened, and, you know, I finally put the pieces together in life and said, I can do this. And I went out, and I aced, I, I literally aced every other course from there to graduation. Did you have to repeat those other classes? I did. I had to take organic again. And organic, too, is like the hardest class in college almost. Wow. So, you know, but it's a, it's an application. It's a focus. It's kind of like now I know where I'm going or what I'm going to try to achieve. And it just all gelled together. Now, how do we get into this? I can't remember. I thought we talked about Lance Leibold bitching me. But it was, a, you know, a college experience that was very humble, uh, very appropriate for my life. You know, I, I needed encouragement. I needed great coaches. I needed to kind of scrap together a career and then to be challenged and kind of put the piece together. And that alone kind of sets you up for life, right? Because things happen, tough times come along, but you know you can overcome those adversities with a support team, and just a dedicated, you know, commitment to the future. I mean, you were burning on both ends right there, and then you're playing football, taking impossible courses for yeah. for anybody, not just athletes. Failing impossible. Yeah. Courses. Well, he wait, he got, you got to sit together, Seth. You got to sit together, bro. You know what I mean? And so, it's, it's well, at what point did you realize, like, am I going to be doing using my education, or did you get to a point where you're like, hell, I can play football. I can play football to the next level. Well, it's a great. Great question and a great thought. Because even when I started putting my pieces together with school, I'm a far, far distance away from the NFL, right? So my senior year comes along. You know, I have a good year. But, you know, no one's, you know, I'm second string All-American. No one's going to put me on first string All-American from West But it's still second string. Right? You're a second team. It's not second, second string. It's yeah. second team. I mean, it's still an All-American yeah. job. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I it's was funny second. That you just didn't realize it. That's yeah. mind blowing to me. I mean, if you th it, this is kind of funny. I was honorable mention my rookie year, freshman year, third string, second string, second string. No matter what, you know, I'm not going to get first string. Second team. Yeah, You're I, still an all American. I, I'm still second string, man. <laughs> okay. I got to get up to the all first. Right. It's that drive. I like it. But um, one of the unique opportunities I had from Western Michigan was they put me into the East West Shrine game. Okay. And the East West Shrine game out in I don't know, I think it's Palo Alto or out in California, was my first All-Star game where I literally got to play with talent around me yeah. and talent against me that was kind of equal, right? And I had a game that kind of put me on the board. That night, I got a call from the Senior Bowl. John, we got a linebacker who just dropped out. We saw how you played at the East-West. We'd like you to come down. Now we're talking. And I was like, oh. What a great opportunity. Right. So I accepted that, went down to the Senior Bowl, and again, that's where the NFL coaches coach the teams. And that year, Bo who Jackson. Was that, who was your coach yeah. that year? Um, it's going to come to me. Yeah, I knew was you were going to ask Reeves? that. I thought it yes, was it okay. was. All right. It was Dan yeah. Reeves. But that game, the North was playing against the South, and South had Bo Jackson, the Heisman Trophy winner. You know, I guess today they call him the greatest athlete of all time. Yeah, I mean. Versatility, yeah. right? Bo's an all-timer. So, oh, this is a great. Play. Which, by the way, you don't get that guy playing in the Senior Bowl these days, right? No. That guy's making a business decision. He's sitting absolutely, home, but so but he's back in then, the game. Yeah, that was where you'd go the to the best players. Went, damn right. right. 
So that invite was huge. He was he was huge back then. Now, I'm talking about know? the invite to the senior oh, yeah. bowl was a yeah. huge deal. Yes, yeah, it really was. So Coach Reeves, you know, they go through practice. I, you know, I'm in the midst of practice, and I, you know, I earn a starting position. I'm the captain of the defense. The day before the game, they do a walkthrough on goal line defense because, um, and, and here's what they did. They said, John, we're gonna pick you. We can't really practice this, but Bo does the bow leap. He right. jumps right over this guard center gap. And you got to trust us. When we call this defense, you on the snap of the ball just have to, you have to jump over the guard center gap and trust us that Bo Jackson will jump right there and you'll meet each other in the air. <laughs> All right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I can do that. I can do that. I'm ready. <laughs> right. Yeah. No lie. Twice in that game. But one on goal line, fourth down, and one in the midfield, fourth down. They called the defense, fourth and one. I do exact, coachable now. I do exactly what I was told to do in the walkthrough. Right. Can't really practice that live. And I jump, and I as I crest all these people, I see Bo Jackson getting the handoff and starting to jump. And I'm way ahead of him. Right. I jumped like the coach said. I'm just snapping the ball. And, you know, I got, you got to take a picture of that photo because I put it in the store. It's a great photo of all these collegiate helmets piled up to a, a pinnacle. And there you got Auburn, a little Western Michigan. And they got offered all spelled perfectly on the back of my jersey, too. Go figure. And it was just like, it was just a culmination of an unbelievable collegiate career where it, it kind of speaks to um, the opportunity an athlete has at any level. You know, if they just, you know, obviously you have to have some skill, but there's so many other factors that um, don't equate necessarily to a timed 40-yard dash or, right. you know, a 300-pound press. So, Well, knocking Bo Jackson right. on his ass is a good place to start. And I was going to say, you know, look, I don't right. have to do a lot of work here. John's going right for my script. But I, I love it. You walk into the Western, uh, the Western store, and before you can even place your order, you know, I, I'll take John Offerdahl hitting Bo Jackson. That's right. That's what right. What an amazing shot. Did you? I should sell those photos. Yeah, yeah. I'll take one for a dollar. I'll take one of those, right? So you know, did you? I, I don't. Now Bo is like a folk hero, right? And he plays two sports, and yeah. Bo knows, and you know, yeah. Nike certainly took it to another level. Yeah. And that moment, I, obviously, you had to know he was this phenomenal player. But as you saw the legend of Bo grow, do you look back in that moment and always, you know, that's got to be a special oh, memory. That was the defining moment in my life. And years later, Bo Jackson played in a two-day tournament down here at the Doral. And uh, the first day I said, oh, Bo, you know, what a great memory. You remember that? And he was like, yeah, I don't really remember that. <laughs> no, right? remember. You know you remember that. <laughs> but I said, well, I'll bring back a picture. Maybe you can sign it. No lie. I brought back a big picture. I brought oh, it back. He looked at it. And he goes, oh, yeah, I remember yeah. you. And then he writes on there. He goes, lucky tackle. <laughs> Never again. And I was like, oh, man, Bo, you forgot about me in the NFL. I got you a couple times in the NFL, too. <laughs> no, that was he's, he's, He remembers Bosworth, who we yeah. ran over. But Johnny O, he tries to put out of his memory. That's what, I'm going to ride with that one. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to need a copy of that picture next time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I'll take a photo of it. I'll get one of those pictures and one of those giant chocolate chips. So, anyways, I'm thinking someday that's got to be worth something, right? I would think so. I would think so. I'd love that. So that's my career in college. <laughs> well, you know, think about it. Right after that, you know, Bo Jackson becomes the number one overall pick. And then soon after that, really, you became the, the Dolphins' number one pick of the year in the second round. 
you know, right. Coach Coach Shula, you know, snatched you up in that situation. Did you know the Dolphins? Different expectations. Yeah, but did you know? <laughs> I mean, but I, I'm for what I understand, and what's and I, we talked to Stu Weinstein a lot. Stu said that Senior Bowl really put you on the radar for a lot of people. Oh, I was you a know, low that round draft, of course. Yeah, wow. low round draft pick, and it, you know, brought me all the way up to the second round. What was fun for me and unique, and I was very fortunate to have this happen to me, is that I was a second round pick, but I was there. First, first pick, pick. Right, right. They had traded right. for yeah. Hugh Green. Hugh Green. Yeah. So they, they didn't have no a first, first round. Yeah. So they kind of treated me a little bit like a first round. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which, you know, I was okay with. I was like, okay. <laughs> Not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. yeah. So I Not came a half down here. And when I came down here, all I remember is I sat next to Bob Baumhauer, you know, on my left. On my right, oh gosh, a linebacker. I already forgot his name. But I mean, I'm sitting there around, and they're both bees, right? Right. And everybody in the whole, the whole defense is all killer bees, right? Yeah, right? But, you know, as much as I loved them, they were just getting older. And I, I was a young, a youngster amongst really a lot of legends. And, um, you know, it was very fortunate, but unfortunate too, because by the time I came on the team, the defense was really kind of descending. And so the team, as far as having like really stellar long-term veterans on our defense, yeah. we didn't kind of have them. Yeah. So I kind of grew up my first three or four years kind of being um, the, the the leader of a uh, of a changing defense, um, looking for its identity. Um, I had an amazing career for the Miami Dolphins, and my first five years uh, in many ways were stellar. But oh, my no. biggest Listen, regret... See, I, he, see how you downplayed that little yeah, bit? Yeah, in many ways. In many ways, it was... St- I mean, other than rookie... <laughs> Let's talk about defensive, those ways. Defensive rookie of the year. Well, I, by the time I saw OJ yeah. in 1993, <laughs> I was a... You were the right down the line, man. Ready to be plucked and blown <laughs> off into the wind. But, uh, yeah. I had a great time doing it. And I, and I, you know, the sad thing, too, is, like, we got better talent uh, towards 92, 93... And as I was dwindling, I wanted to be part of the team so much more. And if you don't play, it's really hard for you to be a leader on a team. Yeah. I mean, at least I found it that way. And in some ways, I think I could have been more of that. But you lose kind of the, that foundation of performance. It's hard to – it's really hard. It takes a really unique person to be a good leader. And uh, So I missed out on that because we went, started going to the playoffs right around that time yeah, too. Absolutely. Very talented team. Well, think about this. I mean, you – Grew up in Wisconsin, you go to Western Michigan. I mean, Senior Bowls and what mobile at that point, but then you're yeah. down in Miami. What a, it's a lot of different. That's a huge difference coming down to Miami. How has that changed your life? You know, going from, you know, Wisconsin, Western Michigan, you know, Senior Bowl, to down here where people vacation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got the whole thing documented. It was unbelievable. Sports Illustrated came to Western Michigan to do a documentary on a mid-American person through the draft. And guess who they picked? <laughs> me! They picked me! So my whole last, like my, I, even though I didn't graduate, I went to the graduation ceremonies, I was 16 credits short, which I got, but um, <laughs> when you flunk a class, it's not easy. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make up a little ground. Catch up. It's tough. <laughs> but so, you know, Sports Illustrated was there. They were there for me moving out of my college apartment. They were there for me traveling back to Wisconsin to watch the draft. At the draft, they were there when I accepted 
the draft for the San Francisco 49ers and took the phone off the hook. They were there when all of a sudden the 49ers on TV decided to tra trade their draft. And I was like, damn, I got to put that phone back on the hook. They were there when Shula answered the phone and called me up. I answered the phone and he congratulated me to be a Dolphin. I was like, oh, just, just don't, don't trade me, please. Just keep me. And, um, you know, they were there when I flew down here and had my first camp, a mini camp practice. And so it's all documented. That's fantastic. Uh, and, you know, my family being a big part of that, but coming down here on that plane with Sports Illustrated and landing and being received and going to my first mini camp, oh my gosh, I was a fish out of a tank. There you go. <laughs> I like it. You fit right in. I love it. And you know, I was thinking about that too. Now, you came. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was St. Thomas at that point. Yeah, I'm pretty and you sure. You and I just had we had we had a little meeting at the new facility. So you, compared to two facilities, though, you come. Yeah. From St. Thomas to what they're in now, but when you got there, you got to St. Thomas down there. What were your thoughts in the NFL at that point? I said, give me my high school weight room, man. I grew up in a little 10,000, you know, population town and that, that little high school that I had had more weights and they weren't That's rusty. So I mean, crazy. The weights, OJ, you never, you missed it. I, I, saw, I, had, I had a mini. One I had a mini camp there. Yeah. And mini I wasn't thinking about lifting weights while I was there. Did you see those weights? They were right yeah. next to the pool. Yeah, they it was been all, there outside. For 20 like, years outside already. Outside in the pool, yeah. <laughs> they were rust. <laughs> And you'd lift the weight off, and then you'd have to wash your, you know, I don't know, like wash your hands in the pool. In the pool. Yeah. I think that's why the pool was there. They chlorinated the heck out of that pool. They had to. I hope so. <laughs> but, um, oh, yeah, I remember when I came in 86. I mean, one of my great memories, and this is funny, heck, is I come down, and then, you know, Bobby Monica, which was a legend equipment oh, yeah. manager. He's a legend in the fish tank, too. too yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he, you know, he just gave me a hard time right away, all oh, you rookie, you know. And I'm sitting down, he puts me next to Bob Baumhauer, and uh, I forgot my buddy's name. But it was, he, um, you know, the next thing I knew, I look over in the quarterback's room. Quarterback had a little room for themselves, right? And there is Don Strzok and Dan Marino smoking a cigarette. I'm like, what? Bro, what is going on? <laughs> you don't see that anymore, right? No. But back then, that was just like a cool-down period for them. I'm like, oh, it was just like a different world. And then. So relaxed, and you know, even though the '72 undefeated team came from that origin and that birthplace, which is incredible, it, you know, kind of showed you that Shula didn't want, didn't need the extras. He wanted the field and you know the performance to stick on the field, which is going to change my conversation because I, I think Coach Shula, as a, you know, you had you, almost your whole career with him. Yes. Yeah, so you know years. what I'm talking about. Good years about. I have with Coach Shula. <laughs> and it was interesting. Now, you're going to turn this thing in. <laughs> Let's just talk about the Shula years. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise, this whole thing's going to go south. <laughs> well, he was at the end of his career with you, probably, right? Yeah, he was. For me, I think he was kind of in the middle. He yeah. probably had another seven years yeah. after me. So he was waiting to get back to that Super Bowl. And when I came on that team, he was as feisty and fiery a man, a coach, as I've ever had. And I was... Conditioned with Jack Harbaugh, right. which is pretty fiery. So um, my 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 memory coming on that team and seeing him being a legend already by that time was just a chilling and, and memorable moment. And uh, from that day, you know, I, I was his defensive captain, which is kind of to my to, to in my life that's probably my best compliment is that or what happened to me in my life is I was a defensive coordinator or a defensive captain. 
for all of my eight years with Shula as my head coach and Marino as the quarterback. Right. It doesn't get better. Right. right. No, no, that's absolutely. High praise. Yeah. That's yeah. high praise. And, you know, you kind of just alluded to it. And as OJ said, we did call Stu because if you need information, you call Stu. So anytime we're going to prep for an interview, right. definitely got to reach out to Stu for the intel. But he said that you had a conversation during a stretch period with Coach Shula prior to your first game. And he said, you got to ask John about it because it really did kind of shape so much of what happened afterwards. Wow. Before my first, I mean, I had only a couple conversations one-on-one with Coach Shula. But I think the one he's talking about yeah. is there, in the midst of my first year, I had so many Shula stories. And I love them because since we have all this time, I'll, I'll tell you why I have stories. Glenn Blackwood, in, in the beginning of my career, he was, during two-a-days, everybody else was sleeping in the meeting, but Glenn, uh, Glenn was writing things down. I'm looking over to Glenn. I said, Glenn, what are you doing? He goes, oh, man, I'm writing stories. I said, writing stories? What do you mean? You should be sleeping. <laughs> and he goes, no, 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 Shula. I got a bunch of stories today on Shula. I'm going to write them down so I don't forget them, John, because you got to write these things down. These are someday going to be great memories for your family and for other things. Isn't that wise, wise, you know, They yeah. think veterans teach you the X's yeah. and O's, but they teach you so much more. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I was like, find, that's a great point. Right so I make up all these Shula stories now because... <laughs> <laughs> you write anything down? Oh, I write them down. I just yeah. embellish them a little bit. Okay. But, well, yeah. you know, you but Shula... No, I'll tell you the true ones versus the embellished ones. <laughs> this is a true one. So I'm playing my rookie year. I start from day one, and I'm just undersized, just getting pummeled. And one game, I, I end up having an injury on my arm. And I play the whole game. They pull me out. Doc says, basically, Coach, John's not going to be able to play for the next couple of weeks. He's going to be in a full-arm cast. And Shula looks up at me, and he just looks at me, and he, he said some words I just couldn't imagine a coach saying to a player. Especially one that, you know, put everything on the line. And don't forget, my first year, I had a pretty good year. Yeah, we <laughs> so, did it for yeah. so I was sitting there, and I was, oh, man, that bothered me all the way home. And, uh, you know, I'm in a full cast, and I'm sitting down in my locker, and Bob Baumhauer is just looking over at me saying, John, you got to let it go, man. You got to let it go. You got to get in the... The, you got to think about your career in a longer perspective, not just in the day-to-day. -day All good stuff, right? But I'm like, I can't let it go, man. He yelled at me. He said some things. I, I can't let it go. So, so I said, I'm going in. I'm going to talk to him. Oh, no. Wait. <laughs> that's, that's right. Not no. letting it go is one thing. But then going Bomb Hour was like, no, that's not the right thing to do. <laughs> I don't care. I'm a young buck. I, you know, whatever, right? So I go in, and, you know, I'm a rookie, right? And I go in, and all I can think of is Shula just in his office. You know, what are you doing here? And coach, you swore at me last week. He goes, yeah. He actually said, I didn't have to swear at you. <laughs> I love it. But I go, oh, coach, you did, and I don't ever want to be sworn at again. I told him that. <laughs> Oh, my oh, God. man. And I don't really remember what happened. <laughs> I was going to say, how did he take that? Everything is kind of a blur. <laughs> I don't even remember leaving his office. All I remember is going back and saying, Bob, it didn't go well. <laughs> Bob Bob said, John, man, you got to play the long game. Oh, uh, but 
I mean, that probably is what Stu's saying. And, you know, quite honestly, I don't know if he respected me more or less for that, but... Well, well you, he, made you, he made you his captain for eight <laughs> he years. He kept me his captain. So uh, he definitely yeah. had a lot of respect for you, man. And obviously the impact you had was immediate. You know, defensive rookie of the year. We talked a little bit about that. Five consecutive Pro Bowls. Eight times captain of, you know, the Miami Dolphins on the defensive side, man. So, I mean, there was something about him that, you know, that he loved about you. But you had to think. Let me tell you something uh, about him, though. He, I mean, he, he drove, he drove people so hard that they often hated him at the moment, right? But it's like the drum line. If you ever seen a coach just push somebody to their limit, yeah. um, I feel he did that for me. And, you know, at the time, honestly, I didn't like it. And I don't think there's a lot of people who like to be right. pushed to the limit. But he knew when he saw a player. And he was going to play that player. I mean, I laugh at that because I go in the next game after – you know, I had that little speech. Guess who played the next game? Guess who started the next right. game? With a full arm cast over my elbow. Yeah. I did. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I playing when a second string NFL football player right behind me could be playing with two hands? You know what I'm saying? And and he didn't he didn't care about it. he wanted his players on the field. He thought that brought more to the game than a two handed second string football player. <laughs> and I, I you know, I wonder. <laughs> I didn't have that good of a game. But, but it, what's interesting is, like, there's truth to that. Even yeah. in my little world where I'm a coach and I have a manager and they have players, you know, right. you want your players on the team that perform. And we'll lose with them or win with them, but at least we're not going to go down with second-rate players. So I, 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 I use that a lot in life. And just realize that, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate to have been coached by someone who made that a reality. I think Coach also asked you if you were, if you were nervous. <laughs> Did he? Right? Yeah. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so another one. This is a great story. I, this is a great yeah, story. Yeah. 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 I I think We've been waiting two years to get you in here. Oh, man, this is the best because I'm sitting there going, like, this is a little earlier in that season. Maybe, maybe oh, I know it was the first Monday Night Football game in the Orange Bowl. My first year was the last year that uh, the Miami Dolphins played in the Orange Bowl. So I'm, I'm, what a magical rookie year. But I'm sitting there first Monday night football game and I've, I've already started. I've already established myself and I'm in the back of the end zone and I'm just dreaming about, I'm in the NFL, man. And I was really in the NFL. Like my mind was way out there in Cinderella land. I'm just thinking, wow, it doesn't get better than this. Look at this. Everybody's just, wow. I'm just sitting there, and all of a sudden, yeah, I had my eyes closed, and those lights are coming on me. All of a sudden, I saw a shadow, and I looked up, and I opened my eyes, and there's Shula's face just looking down at me, slobbering and all frenzied, and he goes, off it all. You're nervous. <laughs> I, I, it's amazing, but I remember that, like, so crisp. I said, oh. Man, what do I say? You know, yeah, I just knew this is a setup. I said the wrong thing. I said, "Coach, not really." And he looked at me. You called darn. Believe it, believe it. Better be. And he walks away. And I just remember myself, just like, oh, I just leaked my pants. <laughs> and I said, "Oh man," but you know that comes back, and, and no lie, I. I <laughs> You know, I, my kids, you know, hey, Jameson, 
Are you nervous? Right. <laughs> like, come on, Dad, man. I'm just trying to throw the ball. Four years old. But it, it, it does bring home a great kind of principle in life. And I use it to this day. And I, my kids will probably tell, tell me to shut up. But it's like, man, We're there are here, so God, many so. things that you see in life that people just miss, miss it. Like, we go on away games. And you, you see players play card games or something like that. And they're really into it, right? And I'm, you know, this is just an anecdotal kind of. You know anything about card games? No, because we all play card games. But then you see them on the football field and they make a mental mistake or an error and they're joking about it. And you say to yourself, what are you missing? Right. Right. Shula to me reminded me that that moment, that day, football, is the most important thing. Now, you know, you can say your faith, your family, all those things, but today it's football yeah, at, one right? at one o'clock. And you better get nervous about that. And, you know, not, not fearful, but just like a nervous readiness that yeah. says, I'm going to play right. my best today. Right. Such a great Yeah, story. I always thought if I wasn't nervous, I wasn't ready. Yeah, there's you a truth that. That's my, that's me you can have confidence everything. in your abilities. Correct. It's not like a insecurity, but you got to be ready. Correct. Right. Is that what is that? Is that because it, it, it's got to matter to you? Is that? Well, I think for me, it's like it's a little both. I mean, everything matters. You know, I get I might get nervous playing chili wings, you know, but I'm somebody I'm just ready to compete. You know, Dude, wait, yeah, chili wings, yeah, man. Cause I can't take that L. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can't take that L, man. I got to win at all costs. You so know what, what I mean? is, so, is it nervousness or is it anxiousness? Well, probably a little bit both, okay. but you know when you like you talk about you're in the Monday Night Lights or you're young in the game in the NFL. Both he was sucking it all in until that first hit. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was a little bit lost in my own little dream. Oh, he kind of woke me up and brought reality right to me. But uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with just kind of like appreciating where you are for a moment too. But Enjoy the better. journey, right? Yeah, yeah, but you're right. At some point, you better snap out of that. So, so let's talk about waking up for a minute because this is, and we're going to shift gears. But I've been wanting to talk about this since we walked in here. So you're having, as you said, you well, you downplayed it, but you you get to the NFL. You're the best rookie in the league. You five straight Pro Bowls. At what point do you wake up and say, "I'm going to start a business." I'm not just going to start any business. I'm going to sell bagels. Like, how does that happen in the middle of this this uber hyper focus? Don Shula yeah. is telling you that you decide that you're not only going to be the best linebacker on the team, the defensive captain. You're going to start selling bagels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I got another good story. Okay. Oh, so, God, that's why we have you here. So um, I meet my college sweetheart, Lynn Ochterberg, who becomes Lynn Offerdahl in a couple of months. And um, we know we want to create a life after football, right? So we put together um, a business plan around a bagel that comes out of a new equipment that just hit the market, which kind of shortcuts the process. So there's a little technological kind of advancement in that world of Food and yeah. restaurants. And you being a biomedical. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> My wife, who got her master's in art again. Okay. And, and we got the uh, science and the art. I love it. Uh, so we put um, our plans together going into my fourth year, Seth. And my fourth year was a little tricky because something I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed of, but it's not something that a lot of people know is that I was the longest holdout in my Dolphin history. Going into my fourth year after three years of being all pro and I was going to be the 28th paid 
highest paid or lowest paid. I don't. I, I forget right. how he's player on my own team with linebackers behind me making more than me. Yeah. And um, that wasn't working for you. And uh, there there were principal reasons why it wasn't working for me, and then just logical reasons why it wasn't working for me. And so we kind of prepared uh, a tough run at this. So my wife and I put together a business plan, took this idea to um, a local lawyer. Probably wasn't the smartest guy in the world because that lawyer was also the the lawyer for Don Shula. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Conflict His name is Charlie yeah. Morgan. We love Charlie so much. John, you were doing so great until you told me that part. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, but, the, but Charlie gets the phrase on this. Okay. So um, <laughs> it's kind of funny, though. I just thought of that after all these years. That probably wasn't the right guy to go to. Um, but, you know, we, we took our idea to Charlie Morgan because we wanted to see his response and he was like, well, uh, let me hear you again on this. Now, you're from Wisconsin, <laughs> all right? Uh, you're a biochemistry and an art major. You never worked in a restaurant. Uh, you're Norwegian, right? And you want to open up a bagel store in so Miami <laughs> <laughs> while you play football. I mean, and he kind of looked at that and he goes, Man, that seems like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> and he goes, give me a little thought on this, and I'll, I'll come back with it. So he, about a week or two later, he calls me up, says, I'd like you to come down to our office. i got a package for you. I want you to open it. Wow. All right? And so we come down all excited, and we, uh, we see a big package on his, go, go ahead and open that package. So we open it up. Seth, one guess. What do you think was in that package? Well, I don't know. I'm thinking of the movie Seven right now. What's in the box? So I hope it wasn't that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, was it was it a proposal? Was he making an offer? I'm thinking it, bagels. It was close. It was a bagel toaster. <laughs> Isn't that great? I mean, come on, man. He put a toaster. You talk about people in life that encourage you to do something that is really kind of risky. Wow. And I tell you what, Charlie knew. That wasn't Charlie's... the new technology. <laughs> <laughs> well, bagel toaster was a little new too. That was, that was not the oven, though, that we used. Okay. Um, you know, again, Charlie was someone in our life at, at the time that encouraged us to do something that most lawyers would never even come close to, especially when I'm playing in the midst of a great football career. You know, focus on football, right? right. He said he knew our hearts. He knew that we had um, the wow. commitment to carry it through. And he said, basically, go for it. And it was that kind of encouragement in life and just situationally right there that helped us overcome kind of typically the fearful obstacles that stand in front of people to take that risk at that time. So we did. And so we jumped into that. You know, I, I was in a, a contract dispute for seven games that year. By that time, we had already done the business plan and already kind of made a decision to go into the business. So when I did sign a contract, finish out that, that season, uh, we were on our way to opening up our first bagel store right here in Weston in 1990. And uh, we grew that that concept to, to 10 stores by 93. Uh, we, you know, honestly, we just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. We were in the right place with the right time, with the right marketing package, but our product was great, and it just flew. And um, 10 stores in three years. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's... Yeah, my wife, Lynn, worked her... Um, Heine off. Yeah. She was there every day and, you know, soon had kids. So it was a complex thing and we were fortunate to be able to grow it. But 
1994, after I graduated or after I retired from football, we also retired from um, our bagel business yeah. by kind of uh, selling it to Boston Market and becoming Einstein's brother. That's what I was going to ask you. I, I've been telling that story, and I was like, boy, is that even true? So that's no. that's unbelievable. No. Yeah, so it was a really, uh, it was kind of interesting because at the age of, I mean, I was a young kid. So by the age of 30, I had retired from eight years of football and kind of retired from the bagel business. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I decided to have kids. Oh my gosh, the hardest career I've ever had. <laughs> of all the three, that well, was no the hardest one, right? for that one. <laughs> yeah, I read all the books I could possibly read. It's so funny, man, because I was talking to Brian Cox uh, about you, Johnny O, and he was had nothing but great things to say about you. I mean, he really, really did. But he said one thing about Johnny O was we could never get him to give us free bagels. <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it's so funny because also I, I've talked to other guys. You know, Higgy had a place. He was giving away free food. He didn't have a place anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, I talked to Bo. Bo Camper said, told Higgy, that's why you don't have a place anymore because you give away free food. So you didn't give away free food either. So that's what oh, Beacock said. It was so funny. Um, to this day, Dan Marino still comes in and he goes, man, my wife, I have to pay those credit cards off and she's got more offered. I can't afford you. I'm like, Dan, come on, man. I, I give Dan free coffee and that's, that's all I get. That's it. I said, you got to come in. You can't be ordering it for delivery, Dan. You got to come in and pick it right. up. Then I'll take care of it. Danny actually said that at the beginning of this whole thing, yeah, he peeked in the window yeah. one time and you were on the floor oh, scrubbing it. Like, you said, you can't hire somebody for that, Johnny L. I mean, you were like, oh, Dan oh, saw that um, and he would give me a hard time. I mean, no, no lie. Joe Rose, I, I mean, I, I brought bagels. I, I did mm -hmm. use our fellow players as little test kitchens. So I'd bring a dozen bagels and, you know, just a dozen. <laughs> We'd split them up little pieces. And we'd get consumer feedback from my old football players and they were like, damn John, you're cheap. I'm like, man, I somebody's got paid for it. <laughs> but we learned, you know, you learn my dad was an accountant and and I again I had plenty of support and um talent around me to encourage me. So it's always nice to have a dad who's an accountant too, because it helps you just be on top of the numbers, but we, we did hit the nail on the head, and it was a fun thing. I mean, how many Norwegian Wisconsin bagel meisters do you see down here? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. Yeah, I was like, hey, Play I'm back in the air. No. <laughs> Sorry, I took that took that from you, but it was <laughs> it was a great great start, and um, you know, it it was something that Lynn and I really loved, and. Coming from football and coming from our first restaurant, we, we missed it dearly. We missed being um, involved in, you know, in many ways, everything's a team, right? So you look at uh, leading people, managing people, and the restaurant business just gave us that day-to-day -day kind of feedback that I love. You know, a customer will tell you, a, you know, our employees will, players will tell us. That feedback that comes in that says you're doing something right, you're doing something good, you're feeding people, you're making a difference. And I, you know, I believe food is, you know, food and shelter, man. It yeah. doesn't get yeah. much more than that. It's no, one of exactly the basic right. necessities. And 
We want to do it in a way that makes people walk out of here feeling great about themselves. Yeah, speaking of that, real quick, Seth, I'm sorry, but I know you did a lot during the pandemic with, with what you were doing here with your restaurants, man. And that's uh, commendable, man. I know a lot of people try to chip in, but I know you were really hands-on when it came to feeding, you know, yeah. the... Uh, well, like I said, it takes a team. And yeah. one of the things that was really neat is immediately the Miami Dolphins on the pandemic picked up the fact that we we're going to go through some crazy times. And the restaurant tours of the Miami Dolphins, from Shula to Boat Camper to Brzezinski to Offerdahl, I mean, locally, what was an amazing thing that Miami Dolphins and Stephen Ross did is they said, look it, we're going to use our foundation to support first responders, police, hospitals, and um, the community around the stadium to feed and support those in need. And so they used our restaurant as suppliers for three months coming out of the pandemic. And that alone through the Miami Dolphins, they've continued to do that through suppliers locally, but taking care of their home, taking care of their players, taking care of their team, and supporting us to employ people to feed others is just an amazing commendation to the organization that the Miami Dolphins is. And uh, we were loving it. It was one of the last things we did with Coach Shula. And you think about that, OJ. Yeah. I mean, you just think about that. I get, we had stickers on that that said, Life is in football, takes a team, Coach Shula. Mm-hmm. And he supported that program. That's and that great. was kind of the last thing he did. And I was like, what a great way to go go out. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Just being part of the community and a reflection of the Miami Dolphin brand and logo and organization and just seeing people in their need getting getting fed. So. You know, I was uh, very fortunate. You know, we have a foundation, too. It's called Offerdahl's Handoff Foundation. Uh, and its mission, its purpose is to feed the needs of those in crisis. So we have continued to carry on that legacy through supporting um, emergency meal kits and elder care um, programs and all different types of things to just be on top of food and shelter in our community. Yeah, it is outstanding. And, you know, OJ and I both professionally spend time in, in the yeah, service, too. right, you know, right. helping other folks and and certainly you've supported both of our organizations and seeing the work that you do, it's yeah. it's fantastic. It's really yeah. Now, is OJ going to bring up bowling? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's a bowling story here between Well, you. you know, Johnny, Johnny, you know, we talk about charities and our charity. You know, Johnny's been in my bowling event for the last, I don't know, five five years. And he's won the championship, I think, the last three, two or three years. Who's he playing? He won one of a couple years ago. Yeah, Maybe he won the two in a row. He won the last two for sure. Wow. He's got a stacked squad. Okay. This, this, and they, and they request him every year now, too. So say, it's, it it's important to get, to get like Johnny O on the team. I tell you what, it's well. a great event, OJ. I it's love best. it. You have packed out crew. And I do seem to get the right crew, a restaurant bowling alley from Wilton Manor. That's, right. Right. That's my, right. My my favorite foursome or threesome. Foursome. Foursome. Yeah, that's right. I should know. But I just want to tell you, this is a little off record, but I went bowling for another charity about a week ago and OJ I was on a 220 game until the last three frames I didn't oh, I didn't no. close one of those frames out I oh, think I still ended up one of the worst the ones no, at the end of the worst if you don't close them out yeah eight nine ten you don't it's close stress. out eight nine yeah that's a rough that's because you're starting to realize but you know man, what my scores exactly right <laughs> you were nervous <laughs> 
I was nervous. That's when nervous hurts you. <laughs> Precision, skill sports. That's right. You know, nervous doesn't hurt when you're a linebacker. <laughs> when you know it, you know everything. You, know, you, you nail know, people. Yeah, Something else is hurting there. Well, I know we're kind of bouncing around, but you know, you talk about your restaurants and the things that you're able to do in the community, and there's a little bit of a gap there for people who don't know the story because we just heard you say you sold the, yeah. the bagel restaurants. I imagine it was a non-compete, so there was some downtime. Yep. And I remember when you were starting this new concept, because I was working for the doll. I don't even know if you remember this, but I was working for the team at that time, and you wanted to get some photos. You wanted to decorate the cups with, you know, pictures. Yeah. And clearly, we see coffee pictures. Here. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was all over the place. Keep going. I want to. No, I remember. remember. So you came into does, the office, and Harvey, you know, hey Harvey, can I get? Ah, go see Seth, because at that point, before everything was digitized the way it is now. We were digging through old file cabinets and looking at slides, and, and it was a really cool experience for me as a young professional in the business to be able to sit there with John Offerdahl and find pictures. There was a, a shot of you just drilling Thurman Thomas, I think, and that was going on one of the coffee blends and, and all that. So, you know, again, when you sold the business, was there a moment where you and Lynn said, hey, you know, we missed this. We need to get back into it. What made you decide to get back in? Yeah, well, there's no doubt that we missed being with people, managing people, leading people, and having an organization where you could get feedback from the fans on a daily basis. We just missed that. And, you know, when you're 30 and you miss kind of like that element, you have the resources to do it. You just got to find the next thing, right? right? So that wasn't as easy. That wasn't as easy. So, you know, of course, we have ideas. We start and, you know, we don't hit the nail on the head is kind of the simple answer. We're, we're trying to find exactly the restaurant kind of brand and menu that kind of carries the day and number one is we're, we're constantly thought of as a bagel concept because we did so well the first time around uh, number two is we're, we're not really sure what we want to be we want to be wraps we want to be smoothies we want to be juices right. and so we go through this period of trying to define who we are how we're different and kind of why people will love us. Can that and watermelon salad be part of who yes, we are? I mean, that's all is. I'm asking for. So I'll just fast forward 20 years <laughs> later. 20 years later, I'm Sorry, like, I, I know what I want to be. Yeah. But, you know, now it's 20 years later, too. Right. But what we are really excited about is living life off the grill. Off the grill, to us, is a message that's not only a product line, but it's also a lifestyle. Yeah. You, can, you can actually live it in your backyard. You can live it on a tailgate. Uh, you can live it in fine dining restaurants. But here at Offered Alls, you know, for breakfast, for lunch, for dinner, we provide great food off the grill. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So when you think of Offered Alls, we'll do, we'll do eggs off the grill in the morning. We'll do chicken off the grill at lunch. We'll do salmon, shrimp, steak, happy hours, at, you know, after 4 o'clock. And, and, and it, it really helps us to kind of define what we are now. So... It's a transition, and for a lot of customers, uh, they've seen us go through that transition on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. I think we've always delivered good service and good food, but it's the brand identity and understanding who we are now that is going to be our challenge and our and our and our forward motion. I mean, we're going to grow now with a very defined uh, brand, a, a design, and uh, as much as I like all these photos over the wall, we probably have less of me and. You know, no, more don't do that. Don't do that, John. Oh. It's going to be hard to have less of me. <laughs> but I think someday we got to put it up, put it away. Put no, it in the, uh... You know what? Truth be told, and, and, you know, and I hear what you're saying as far as the brand, but I was here because, again, I, for the last decade or so, yeah. I'm two miles away from this restaurant. I'd see in here all the time. 
And I was here one day, and there was, you know, there were some 20-year-olds here, and they were getting food. And someone said, well, what is offered us? And so I think he played football. And I, part of me wanted to say, you look think a, he played look football? Around, you, bro, yeah, look first a, of all, look around. <laughs> but second of all, I, to me, that legacy is important. And I'm not just saying that because you're sitting here, John. Yeah. The food is fantastic, and I love JT would be the same thing. You'd want to build a brand that was bigger than just him having that 99 on his back, yeah. and it was about the things that you do. But you don't want to lose the legacy of... Yeah, no, there's a history life. to me that's different. I think that's so important. Yeah. One of the things that Einstein Whatever the hell, did, I, you know, my opinion is... <laughs> no, I appreciate that, though. One of the things Einstein did is they created these two figurative um, um, personalities. And, um, you know, they're figurative. They, they, there's no history behind them. Right. And, you know, okay, I get that. But to me, not to compare us with the McDonald's, uh, or the Burgundy, but there are people behind that that were the legacy people, the David Thomases at Wendy's, the Ray Cry, you know. So, so I think there's a place for that where people feel like there is someone accountable, someone in tune to the local, you know, we're South Florida, to the local markets and demographics that can deliver a food experience that is top notch in quick service, right? So when you think of steak and chicken and salmon and shrimp in quick service, you don't really come up with a lot of ideas. Right. So uh, we're trying to take that position, and, and really right now we're, we're really excited because we've, we feel we've captured it, wrapped it up, and now just want to grow it. So hopefully in the next couple of years you'll see some new offer dolls popping up in your community. Love it. Can't have enough of them. No, no I love that. <laughs> yeah, nah. you know, you, you Free meal for you guys. You gotta come in though. It's a you gotta small come portion. In. Small <laughs> portions. We're gonna save the large for you next week. <laughs> you, you talk a little bit about, you know, my charity event. One of the charity events I love, you know, doing with you is the, you know, the, the grill off, man. There's nothing like that. You know what I mean? And I, I think what I love most about it is you bring athletes out there, a lot of your former teammates and guys, some guys you didn't play with at all, but they come out there and they get a chance to compete again. You know, not only are you getting judged by what meal you have within your tent or whatever restaurant you might have out there, a local restaurant, but you have a cornhole battle. You know, that's some of the stuff that guys, we can't, we, we can't find enough competition out there, man. So talk about that. I, I know last year was a rough year for a lot of people. Are we, are we going to get the grill off back? The gridiron grill off back? Oh, so the gridiron grill off is the combination of football and food off the grill, right? And uh, it, 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 it was a fundraiser for the Off It All Handoff Foundation, specifically to feed the needs of those yeah. in crisis. So 10 years ago, we started it right out here at the Weston parking lot. And OJ, I want to thank you personally. But as you know, 25, 23, 22 players every year would come out there and be part of it. It's a huge commitment from the players. Um, but what I, I thought I saw, and I, I, you know, I get feedback, is that they for the most part, enjoyed it. And it was a lot of camaraderie where they could be literally right there with the fans, enjoying the food and the fun and the festivities and the cause together. And so we had cornhole tournaments. Uh, we engaged fans. Competitive uh, recipes. They got to vote on it. I thought it was one of the better food and wine festivals. Uh, Without a doubt. Adults only, by the way, too. I so I love it. It's 21 and up. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we used to always wait for the kids. Get away from yeah, the kids. Yeah, people were like, you got to let kids in or I can't go. I'm like, I ain't letting you go. I ain't letting those kids in there because we're not going to ruin our time. <laughs> right. 
So my mom, my wife constantly said, oh, not a man. I'm like, nope, nope. 18? 21. 21 and over, man. Yeah. So, you know, I don't ever feel it. It was in the middle of the day, so it never got out of hand. It was always very respectful and very engaging. And so I think the fans for the the value got the most you could get out of a food and wine festival. And for 10 years, it was, you know, last, was it last year? Yeah, last year. We didn't do it because of COVID. And it's one of those events that has to have a, you know this stuff, it's not just a pop-up event. Right. It's a year-long work with the sponsors. Walgreens has been an amazing sponsor for us. Every year, um, they've been a, either a title or a, um, a secondary sponsor. So, uh, you know, to have those relationships and keep them, and you, you need more than just one month lead time. So in this kind of world right now, we're kind of putting a pause on it. But it's something, OJ, that I'll get permission from my players. I'm going to have to sign a five-year contract, right, baby. Right, right, right. I'll get commitments, and then I might go. I might hold out on you, Johnny. I might hold out on you. Towards the end, Channing was like, hey, I don't know. How much, how much strip am I going to get extra? No, no. You guys were always unbelievably supportive. And it was actually a, an event that was fun yeah. for me to put on. Because I felt like it was fun for all of us. Yep. Absolutely. So, thanks, OJ. Absolutely. But I don't think you have to worry about the call. The dreaded call. <laughs> oh, that's John. No, <laughs> not this year anyway, it sounds like. But I, I've heard nothing but great things. I've kind of lost all focus here because, again, the smell is just perfect. And then once you said free lunch for you, yeah. I forgot oh, everything. Coming. But uh, for, for, for the free. Uh, for the free is definitely the way We'll have to get a final time. picture of that lunch. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely we'll need to do that. It was so great to have you in here. I know we joked about, you know, just, just waiting a couple of years to get you in. Uh, we're going to find on your phone there where you can subscribe so you can listen to the Fish Tank moving forward. We've got to get the five-star rating for That's those right. that are subscribing. Right. But more than anything, John, thank you for what you've done to support both of us in, in our day jobs and, and the work that you've done here in the community. has been uh, spectacular. It's been so much fun to have you Pleasure here. being on the show, show, Seth, and OJ, and congrats on building the tank. Yeah. Somebody's, <laughs> somebody's got to build it so little people like me can jump. Right in it. Loved it. And I want you to have the best season this year for the Miami Dolphins as we root for a playoff. Yeah. And Return. then some. That's right. And then Absolutely. some. Thanks for diving in, Johnny Yo. Team on three. One, One two, two, three. Team. team. <laughs> That's great. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, OJ, Juice Man, this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. dog fans, number one. one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank, Okay, this one for them diehards Celebrate big or cry hard Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard Old school, a new school 
mix it in. Feeling like we up close when we listening. Dolphins tales in Miami is the deep end. We vibing with our favorite players, no secret. We get with Seth and McDuffie. Bringing up stories we never heard to the public. Bet we love it. Dolphin fans never budget. We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset. We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about the fans. And if you ready for that water, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about the fans. And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about the fans. You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive in. Go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rapping with OJ and Seth, time to dive up in that fish tank.